Are you ready? We back. Man, it's been a long time coming. Let's go. And if you weren't watching, if you weren't listening, you might not have known. You know what time it is. Lace them up and lock in. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the tip-off of season two of the JWJ podcast. I'm Shane Thomas, joined by my guy, my shooter on the wing, Mr. James Washington. What's good, my boy? Yeah, staying out the way. Staying out the way. I hear that, bro. No, for real. Man, it's been a while, man. We're we're glad that we back, and we're ready to talk some hoops. Y'all down? Listen, (laughs) there's two things that were guaranteed to happen this year, man. James Harden would ask for a trade, and JWJ would make a comeback. I hear that. Let's go. All right. Let's go. So first order of business, if you guys are clicking this, you already know what we're about to talk about. The Damian Lillard trade, he finally got out of Portland. Thank God. And he's headed to. Bro, bro, bro. Funny, funny stuff. I got to hit you with something real quick. I got it. Before we get into that, I just thought about something I got to tell you. If people were listening to season one, they'll appreciate this. So I got to tell you a funny thing that happened to me on Saturday, right? <clears throat> and yeah. trust me, it it's related in its own way. You'll know. And if anybody paid attention in season one, you'll know. So um, baby girl taking swimming lessons, right? She goes on Saturday mornings. Um, so Saturday, I get her up, get her dressed. I'm taking her to the pool. Um, and I back out of the garage, right? And, you know, like my car has the backup camera, all that good stuff. So I'm backing out of the garage. Soon as I put the car in drive and go around the corner, I look down about a block later, bro. (laughs) Why was my screen glitching again? (laughs) 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 Look, I'm I'm driving. I'm driving and I look down and I'm like... Why is my camera still showing what's behind me? <laughs> so again, I can't touch my radio. <laughs> Shane, this car. And you and, <laughs> and you didn't and you didn't die. And I didn't you die. made it. It was look a very at <laughs> look look at us. Look As how we're group, living. We're doing. Look how we're living. <laughs> But season luckily, two begins like season one. Who would have thought? The reason, the reason that we're here is because James' car is <laughs> up. There's nothing else we can do. So, so luckily, we get to the lesson. We go in. It's only like half an hour. So we come out about 45 minutes later, and it was acting fine. And but as soon as that happened, I was like, "Yo, I'm not even gonna tell him this happened." As soon as we hit record. <laughs> now I got to do the rest of the episode with tears in my eyes. I love it. Oh, man. <laughs> but look, man. So um, that's 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 hilarious, bro. I, I was not ready. I was not ready. But oh, um, oh man. Again, man, before we <laughs> get started, I want to thank you guys uh, for bearing with us. Um, we 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 had to, as as we put out on social media, we talked about how you know we had to kind of put the pod on ice for a while. A lot of things in life came up, 
Uh, I'm living in a new place. I'm no longer in Georgia. I'm I moved to Pennsylvania for a job. All and the way. so yeah, all the way, some 900 miles away, all the way up here in Pennsylvania. So uh, we had to put we had to put it on ice, but we're 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 prepared. We're ready to come back. We laced up. We locked in. So James, you know the thing I wanted to get to, man, just to start out, man, like mm-hmm. you know Damian Lillard, we you know one of our favorite players. You know, he's he's headed to Milwaukee, requested a trade. I think that was like our last episode was him requesting a trade to Miami. Dame Dollar says holla. And, uh, you know, Portland Portland played hardball, I, you know, but I mean, they probably put him in a better situation. I mean, mm. if we're if we're being honest. Um, so he he gets traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. That trade was made official September 27th. So uh, Dame, seven time all star. He was traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. It was a three team deal uh, in the deal. Portland. Uh, received Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tumani Kamara. They also got Milwaukee's 2029 unprotected first-round draft pick and an unprotected uh, swap rights with Milwaukee uh, for 2028 and 2030. Uh, Phoenix was a part of this deal as well. Uh, They got Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson as part of the package. Um, As we'll get to later, uh, Drew Holiday did not report to Portland. He was shipped again. Um, and it's, it is juicy. I can't wait to, I can't wait to discuss this further later in the pod, but, uh, he was, he was shipped from Portland to Boston in exchange for Robert Williams and Malcolm Brogdon, uh, six man of the year. So, um, Portland also got a 2024 first from, from, uh, it was golden States pick, I believe. And then a 2029 first round pick in the deal. So, um, James, the trade finally happened. We get Dame and Giannis teaming up in the east mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that bro cool listen so i'm gonna start with this I, I gotta start with you know that 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 something to keep people leaning in keep, keep them hanging on so i'm gonna throw a little teaser out there real quick i will go as far as to say and hear me this isn't this isn't something that's by a long shot i'm going to mess with everybody out there and say that in the weirdest way possible Milwaukee to me is the only team that took anything in this that can be considered an L. Hmm. I'm going. I, I okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw that one out there. So it's season two, we got hmm. takes. Oh, absolutely. And I have a very interesting theory that I'm gonna throw out there after we discuss the team aspect of all of this. But um, if you if you think about it, like I said, and we'll go more, you know, team by team later. I really think that every other team that was involved in this, you know, Portland, Phoenix, eventually Boston, I think every other team that was involved actually improved on what they thought they were going to be. I don't I don't think that any team in this, I, as crazy as it is, I think that it, this was probably as even a trade as we could have seen. I, I think that it went very well for every team involved. But like I said, I... We're going to discuss each team, you know, more in detail, but just leading off my little teaser, I honestly think that Milwaukee is the only one that could possibly look back and be like, eh. yeah, because I mean, they, they, they got, they didn't get potential. They got like a known commodity, like right now. Mm-hmm. Um, And that makes sense for them because they're a win now team. You know, Giannis is like, look, man, like we, we just got put out in the first round. Mm hmm. 
So we're trying to get back to the finals and we're trying to win championships. So I, I think for Milwaukee, they had to go for a big swing like that. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to, they didn't have to really part with anything. I mean, they gave us some role players and drew holiday. I mean, drew is an all-star player, but I mean, to get, to get a guy that averages, you know, 30, what, 30, 32 a game. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it, that's, and he's coming off his best shooting season of his career, which is right. wild. I mean, considering, you know, everything. But, I mean, he also had, you know, 71 points last season in a game. So <laughs> That whole thing. Um, That whole thing. So now, you know, you got a guy – you got two guys that average 30 on the same team. Giannis averaged 31 and 12 last year, and Dame averages 32. And I think that's a career best for him as well. So mm. it's – that that partnership is interesting. Uh, and like I said, we'll get to the rest of the trade and we'll, we'll grade that and we'll, we'll discuss that in a second. But like, when I look at the trade, it, it's, I'm, I'm kind of in Portland's case, I almost feel like they did, they did the best they could. Cause I like the haul they got back as opposed to what they would have got from Miami. What do you think I, about that? Oh, they, they honestly, I mean, Portland, I, a lot of people were giving Portland a hard time about the way this was being handled. Yeah. But if we're being honest, the move that they made with Milwaukee and subsequently with Boston um, helped them out a lot better than I think anything that they would have potentially gotten from Miami. Because right. Miami was playing outrageous hardball. And I can't blame them. I mean, there there were a lot of assets that Portland wanted. And I don't I don't blame Miami for not wanting to give them up. So they had to move on from Miami. Um, I I think that Milwaukee came in really sneaky with it because, I mean, I think after Miami, really the only other team that we were hearing on a regular basis was actually Toronto. So um, I, I was surprised when Milwaukee popped out. Um, and I was even more surprised when I saw that it involved Drew Holiday. And the big reason for that, of course, I mean, we weren't expecting them to keep both. But what really surprised me there is, you're giving up, you know, granted, I understand, you know, we, we all know, you know, we all know the mantra, you know, offense sells tickets. Okay. But you gave up arguably the best defensive point guard in the league. And that's, that's kind of where I was left scratching my head is because that's, that's a big void to fill, especially when you look at Drew's size, Drew, Drew is a bigger guard. You know, even his teammates have described him as being built like a linebacker. So I think giving that up, I mean, it's no knock on Dame at all because we all know what Dame is capable of, but we also know what he's not capable of. And we're not going to see Dame out there, you know, 40, 45 minutes locking down your best player if that's your point guard. Right. And I just, I just think that they kind of doubled down on, on the offensive part, but I think, I think given the moves that Milwaukee made, you know, in the off season, I feel like they kind of positioned themselves to where they were able to make up for the defense. They'd be losing to an extent somewhere else. Um, Cause I mean, if you look at the projected lineup right now, I mean, I'm looking at, I'm looking at what they got right now starting possibly. So you'd have Dame Malik Beasley, Chris Middleton, Giannis and Brooke Lopez. Mm-hmm. So, and we talked about this before we came on, you got, you got Splash Mountain as a three and D guy. 
You got Middleton as a three and D. Malik Beasley's a three and D. Dame is just three. And his name starts with D. Provided but, provided Middleton can stay in one piece. Fingers right, crossed. Right. And so I feel like you have enough defense around Dame to kind of cover the deficiencies now because Beasley is another guy you could probably throw like Drew Holiday. You could probably throw him on, you know, one through three. Mm-hmm. So he would have some switchability there as far as defense. So I, I think Milwaukee did a good job to kind of they made that move once they got Malik Beasley. So I feel like that's that's an opportunity for them to kind of cover for Dame more. Cause if they didn't have Malik Beasley, suddenly you're looking at, you know, <laughs> what, Pat Connaughton maybe starting? Yeah. Which is what Cam I campaign. Yeah. And Cam, I mean, Cam was a, Cam was an addition a little later. And I mean, I feel like he could help, but no, if I had my choice, I'm I'm putting Beasley up front. And it could have went even it could even it could have went even worse. Cause I mean they did. I think they re-signed Jay Crowder, hmm. and Middleton can play the two, but he'd he'd be oversized at the two at six eight. He they'd take advantage. I mean, it's right because Crowder you know, Crowder is not good enough. I don't think to be a starter at this point in his career. I think mm-hmm. I think the last him you know not playing for Phoenix and coming to Milwaukee and not really not really hitting. Pretty much think, doing the same. Yeah, right. I think that I think that might have hurt him a little bit there, but. Um, you know, going forward, I mean, just looking at this, I mean, the other parts of the trade, we talked about uh, Portland, obviously, I think they got the biggest pull back in this. Um, now you look at it, they get DeAndre Ayton, uh, you know, they got, they have a big man rotation now, you know, so, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they have, I mean, you look at their young core now, they, they got Ayton, who's going, this will be year six for him. So you got DeAndre Ayton. Anthony Simons, Scoot Henderson. You also have Malcolm Brogdon and Jeremy Grant. Mm-hmm. That's your five. <laughs> that that it, like looking at that, that's a damn good five. I, I'm I, starting out I, in the West. That's not what bad. I, what I like the most about everything that Portland has done is <clears throat> knowing everything that was going on in Phoenix with DeAndre Ayton. Now you still have a young star in Aiton that just from based off what we've seen so far is finally somewhere where he feels like he's wanted and somewhere that he feels like he wants to be. Right. And I I think that's going to be really big. I think that could be something that causes some problems. Um, and even, even outside, look, <clears throat> we um let's, let's look at some others. We got to consider, I mean, the team is actually, they're they're young, but they're a lot deeper than people realize. They just drafted Chris Murray, who, right. um, yeah, I mean, if Keegan's any implication, I mean, that's that was a snatch. Um, right. Kevin Knox is still on the roster. Um, and <laughs> For whatever you know, that's worth. Oh, hey, I mean, given the roster, I feel like he can do something. Um, and, and. Just like just like we had been talking about with I was seeing a seeing a breakout possibly from Matisse. Right. Um, I I you know how much I was talking about him when he was in Philly. Like I I feel like he was one of those that didn't get talked about enough. So I, I think that Portland is the perfect place for him too to kind of just fall into his own and really be what he wants to be. So right. I I think that the moves that they made easily set them up for the future, given how young a lot of these guys are. Right. And it's also one of those rosters where we're not expecting you to be a title team right away. There's still so much room for growth, but there's plenty that can happen. So, so 
let me ask you this because I, I I have my opinion of where I feel like they could be like best case scenario. So where do you feel like where do you feel like this puts Portland in the West? Like are they are they about to be kind of like the Houston Rockets where they just have a lot of pieces and and a few like intriguing guys and they're they're still terrible? Or do you feel like they'll be kind of like OKC, maybe not last year, but a couple years ago where they had pieces and they were competitive, but they were like just bad? Yeah, I was I was definitely gonna say they're they're not gonna be <laughs> last year's OKC. Um mm-hmm. I I would say best case for this team, I feel like I I would say absolute best case. I honestly I don't see them being a playoff team yet. Mm-hmm. I don't I really don't see them being a play in team just yet. I I would say best case they could poss they could possibly make the play in, but then lose. Right. I don't I don't see them making the postseason. I could see them potentially losing in the play in. Right. I, I feel like with just with that five, and you know, we we we'll we'll finally figure out if Chauncey Billups can can do this at a high level and see if he if he can really coach this group up. But I th- I feel like they're I feel like they're kind of OKC from like two years ago. I feel like they could mm-hmm. be very competitive kind of around the play in maybe not make it mm-hmm. but they because I, I don't think they'll be better than say like a new orleans and right. after seeing how carl anthony towns played you know in preseason the first game against dallas i feel like if he's gonna play like that like aggressive and <laughs> going to the hole the way he was like if, that- if cat if cat has like that mean streak now minnesota is gonna be they're gonna be tough right there at that kind of in that bottom half of the West, maybe middle of the pack in the West. So like that, that play in area is, is going to have some teams that we don't expect. I I expect Utah to be maybe in the play in, Uh, Uh, you know, like Portland is in that mix. I think Houston could, could jump up and make the play in, you know, if things go right for them, I still feel like they got a lot of questions, but definitely. But yeah, yeah. yeah, even going back to what you were saying, cat cats, one of those guys where, I got to be completely honest. He's one of those guys where preseason from him to me means absolutely nothing. Right. I mean, he's been I, in the league too long, you know? Yeah. Pre preseason to me. And honestly, it's like that with a lot of guys with me. I mean, but yeah. he's definitely one of them preseason to him with as far as his performance in preseason, it means nothing to me. <laughs> I want to see how he looks, you know, in December. I want to see how he looks in January because I feel like this is typical cat that we're getting. Like we see that he wants to do it early on. And then within the first month of the season, we're seeing the same old guy that, you know, spends more time complaining and, you know, trying to get refs phone numbers than, <laughs> than actually doing his job. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, it's definitely a wait and see for me. If anything, I'm more excited to see the growth from Anthony Edwards. Um, Yeah. Cat. We'll see. Rudy, we'll see. <laughs> I, I'm excited to see what Anthony Edwards is going to do if we're talking Minnesota. Um, but yeah, I I do agree. I mean, Portland, I think Portland has a world of potential, but I still feel like there's a little something there that's missing. They're going to have to fill that roster out a little more. And I mean, all these guys are young. They're going to need they're they're going to need time, just like any any young roster. They're going to need time. So let me ask you this, and then we'll 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 get to the other teams in the deal. But mm-hmm. do you feel like with Portland, they have a legit big man rotation now? Even though you know Rob Williams has been hurt, mm-hmm. but I mean, you got two legitimate centers. 
with DeAndre Aiden and Rob Williams, that's that's your that's your five right there. Mm-hmm. And then you got Simons and Scoot. Do you feel like Portland and Shaden Sharp and Shaden Sharp? Like, I mean, it's a good team, you know, mm-hmm. with good, you know, like young talent as far as good team in that way. Mm-hmm. But like, do you feel like this is do you do you anticipate a long rebuild or do you feel like this is a team that could be in the playoffs sooner rather than later? I would say sooner rather than later, because I feel like I feel like they could be that team where once once other players see the potential, you might have not necessarily superstars that flock there, but you might have those guys that say might be like a six man somewhere else. I mean, the Malcolm Brogdon prime example. Um, you might have those guys that shine somewhere else and they're like, maybe I can do this on a higher scale over here. And I think eventually they'll build up that way, that way. And that's where I see a lot of them being like an OKC because they're, you know, clearly not at their final stage yet. And I think that once people see how these young guys work together, there would probably be some vets later on that still have something left in the tank that are like, I want to go work with that. Right. So I I I think I think the sky is the limit for them right now. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now we we can shift gears. Obviously, we mentioned we mentioned Drew Holiday not staying in Portland and getting mm-hmm. shipped to the Celtics, who've been pretty busy mm-hmm. this offseason. They've they've brought in some a lot of different guys now. Um, so you know, looking at their side, they got Drew Holiday now to pair with Jason Tatum to 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 pair with you know, the, the newly paid without the left hand, Jalen Brown, <laughs> they got Christoph's Porzingis, you know, in a, in a deal as well. Um, So, you know, with Boston adding Drew holiday, I feel like point guard was, was kind of that area where I felt like they were, they were lacking. I mean, I think we talked about that, you know, kind of maybe around like either the playoffs or like the finals, like our first year. When we were talking about, like, we felt like point guard, like Marcus Smart was basically their point guard, but I feel like he was kind of out of position in that mm-hmm. role. Like, he did, a, he did a good job, but he wasn't traditional. I felt like he was more of a two playing the one. Right. And he was more of a defensive, you know, I felt like everybody else was, you know, Tatum Brown, they were the decision makers with that. But, and like, now, I mean, you have a legitimate point guard with Drew Holiday. So what, what what's your outlook on Boston with that now? I mean, anybody that listens already knows it hurts my heart to say anything positive about these green guys, but I honestly can't help it. Um, Just like I was saying, I feel like the only team that could possibly have like an asterisk or a question mark in this trade is I still, in my opinion, Milwaukee. And the reason I say it's not Boston is literally what you just said. Drew Holiday is an ultimate upgrade to losing Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart again one one of the top defensive guards in the league you know you ship him out we wondered what was going to happen there and now we know the answer i i think that drew holiday is going to be i'm not even going to say the perfect replacement i'm going to say he's an upgrade um because like you said he's he's bigger he's stronger and he's more adapt to actually playing the position while still bringing that defensive intensity i think that alone is going to make them worlds better so as much as I hate to say it, no, Boston is definitely still going to be among the cream of the crop in the East going into this season. Yeah, I'm wondering now with with Porzingis joining the front line, there there are questions with Boston. And, and my question mainly is the front line. 
I mean, now your front line, both Williams gone. Right. So Grant Williams, <laughs> Grant Williams is, is with the Mavericks, which we'll get to them at some point down the line, not in this episode, but um, front line. I mean, I, you, your front line now is, is ancient Al Horford and, and Porzingis. Now, granted Porzingis was pretty healthy for Washington last year and, and kind of had a resurgence. It was one of the best years of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, finally looked like the unicorn again, you know, it took him a while to kind of get, get his legs back underneath him after some, some tough stuff with the ACL that lasted, you know, I think he missed like what, two seasons. Pretty, yeah, so pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he, he's finally healthy. It gives, it gives them an option. I feel like they haven't had, I feel like he gives a lot of what Al Horford does. He's just seven, three. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his ability to stretch the floor and kind of be a five in that lineup and, and be kind of that trailer. I think that's going to be really dangerous for Boston because, because KP, that's one thing he can do. I mean, he's unblockable at seven three. So if they use him for just what his strengths are, and he's shooting the threes and in in transition and taking advantage of mismatches, I think he gives them an, an option. I feel like they haven't really had, but I think Drew Holiday, like you like to your point, he gives them a, a capable and versatile defender that can also get you nineteen twenty a game. And Marcus Smart was more of like, you know, y'all, y'all, you know, Jalen, you know, you and you and you and Jason Tatum, y'all, y'all take the shots. I'm going to just guard. Just like, yeah, just like um, when we were covering the finals last year, there was one episode where I said that exact same thing. I think it right. might have been. Was it was it um, it was one of the first two games of the finals, I want to say, where um, Marcus came out and, and was just getting buckets. Right. And and one of the remarks I made, I was like, if Boston is going to depend on him to do that, they're going to lose the series. Right. Because that's just that's just not. Yeah, that's just not like what he's out there to do. Right. You know, he, he's kind yeah. of a sometimey shooter. Yeah. You know, it's and like, yeah. And that's yeah. not even and that wasn't even to say anything negative about him. You know, of course, like that. Like, but just like you said, we know he's not out there to be, you know, one of your offensive dynamos. So right. if he does do that, it's tremendous. But don't go out there expecting that because you more often than not will be left wanting. Right. And I I just, I just think holiday really just shores that up. And I mean, now you look at Boston, I mean, two years ago, they were in the finals, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, you know, you're looking at that and you're like, okay, like, here we go going into this season. They they've leaned into, we were talking about the old, the weird overlap between Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Right. And now they've leaned into that. Both those guys are paid. Right. Jalen Brown, you know, is getting 300 and what, 306 or $304 million. Man, something like that. And I think they said in the last year of his deal, he's going to make like 69 million. Yeah. Yeah. And and that, and that's for it. Yeah. Shout out to LA (laughs) Knight. If you ever listen to the JWJ podcast, just know we're big fans. Oh, oh, they should know from the opening. You, oh, you, there's, you, <laughs> there's there's plenty there's plenty there's plenty of wrestling references you, oh, you guys know to expect definitely, that definitely um but yeah so you know looking at boston i feel like they've gone all in into the tatum brown tandem mm. um i feel like adding a player like drew holiday really kind of will enhance what what they're able to do i feel like that you won't have as many issues with Jalen Brown in the turnovers, I feel like, because Drew, you actually yeah. have a guy that can run the show and get people in, in the best position. That's what I was just about to say. Drew takes pressure off of both of them. 
Right. Um, you know, part of part of the reason they were overlapping is because there were a lot of things that Marcus Smart could not do. Right. So a lot more fell on the two of them. Now they have a guy that is a proven player, <laughs> a champion that can help them lead the way. So Drew, Drew is going to take a lot of the stress on a daily off of Tatum and Brown. And I think that's that that's gonna be big for them. And I like as much as it hurts my heart, man, the East better look out. If that team stays healthy, I <laughs> they better they better keep their eyes open. Yeah, for sure. And and I think I think honestly, Boston, man, kudos, kudos to Brad Stevens because for Milwaukee to trade Drew Holiday hmm. and then immediately Boston's on the phone, like, hey, what's up? Mm-hmm. You literally took so if you're Milwaukee, you're like, oh, yeah, we got Damian Lillard. We had exactly. to part with Drew Holiday. There we go. Boston being smart. Finish my thought. Come on. Literally <laughs> grabbed up the one guy yes. who, if if you do remember, back when Drew was with the Pelicans, mm-hmm. shut down Dame. Yep. <laughs> that happened in a playoff series there earlier in their careers. There it is. So they saw y'all's Dame Lillard and we're just going to snatch up the guy that could stop him and <laughs> add him to this, this core that that's booming. And, and this, this roster that's two years removed from the final. Hey, Drew. Hey, Hey, Drew. Hey, <laughs> said Brad Stevens. Oh but, boy. So that brings me to my, my last point with Boston. I want to get your, get your point on this James. Cause there was a lot of talk mm-hmm. after Boston lost to Miami. Okay. Or what it was Miami, right? Or Philly conference finals. Yeah. They conference uh, finals. Yeah. So, yeah. So they lose to Miami. And immediately the question was, is Joe Missoula the guy? A lot of people had Joe Missoula getting fired. Right. Yeah. So when I look at that with, with Tatum, with Brown, now drew holiday with poor Zingas, like they got, they've, they've retooled the roster. So now, you know, if they if they don't, you know, get back to the finals, which this move probably could put them in the finals. You mm-hmm. can make that argument. Mm-hmm. If they don't at least make the conference finals with this team, I mean, is Joe Missoula the right guy? I, th- I feel like that's a question you have to start to ask. And I, and in my honest opinion, he it has to be at least conference finals again. Right. Only reason I only reason if I'm if I'm in the front office. I, of course, of course, we always, you know, we always want the gold, but if that wasn't to happen, I think I could at least deal with conference finals right now. One, depending on how the team performs when they get there. Right. Now, let's say you go there and get swept. We have a problem. Hi, Lakers. Well, let's <laughs> say you go, you go there and get swept. Then we might need to talk, but let's say you go there. It goes six. It goes seven. Um, given, you know, we are still kind of unsure of what the front court is going to look like. And, you know, especially with, I mean, we have those two guys, like we have a Porzingis and we have an Al Horford who have dealt with injuries for the better part of the last four five, six years. So knowing that, I think that one, I, I think that I wouldn't be surprised if Boston is not finished trying to do something to boost the front court. Right. And two, I think that the biggest thing is going to be seeing if Boston can stay healthy. If those things get in the way, 
there's only so much you can blame on the coach. Right. So, but I think team stays healthy, they're clicking, and then they get to the conference finals and they end up looking like Philly Hay Harden. They they end up looking um, you know, just disheveled, like they just look like clueless deer in headlights. Then I think we might have to look at the coach. Right. But I leaning on it right now to me, if Boston does not make it to the finals, it's going to be one because a team like Milwaukee is just clicking a lot better than they are or two, they couldn't stay healthy enough to get there. Yeah. So the question I have now, and then, and then we'll, we'll get to Phoenix. Last question. If, if we're, if we're talking Celtics, if they're, if they're ceiling, if not the finals is definitely conference finals. Mm-hmm. If it's, if it's bucks Celtics mm-hmm. in the conference finals, who goes to the finals in your opinion? I oh man. I I feel like I feel like the series is definitely gonna have to go long. Cause cause I feel like I feel like the team's strengths and deficiencies kind of overlap. Mm-hmm. I, I feel gonna, like Milwaukee has more firepower. For I, sure. Yeah. I, I feel like Milwaukee has more firepower, but then another another big thing also is, like I said, I feel like this is where that defensive aspect is going to turn in because even if, let's say, even if the offense is rolling, let's say that you have, like, you know, Drew going off, you have Tatum going off, you have Brown going off, and I'm still, I'm still just not 100% on the health of Middleton, especially that late in the year. And I think that missing him, we already saw, you know, this past postseason, missing him matters. Of course, they were, you know, missing this big Greek guy too. But missing- I think that's I think that's honestly a big part of why they why they didn't get farther. I just felt like mm-hmm. not them not having Giannis and then Middleton not being in the lineup too. I just mm-hmm. feel like by the time Giannis did come back and play, it was just too late. Middle Middleton is a groove guy. And mm-hmm. it it once he, it took him it just once he comes back it takes him a while to kind of get back to where he you know likes to be or needs to be and in the postseason you don't have time for that so that's that's a that's a big part of what did Milwaukee in of course you know you have the Giannis injury um team is gonna rally around their superstar so that hurt him and then you know when Chris Middleton goes down Chris Middleton is basically, you know, one of your defensive anchors. And that that ended up hurting them too. I know a lot of people, you know, shout out to Miami. A lot of people wrote Miami off super early. And Miami, and you know, kudos to Eric Spolstra, they were able to take advantage of all of those, all of those gaps. And I think that a team like Boston could do the exact same thing. So Chris Middleton plays such a big part in that team's success and unfortunately just as big a part in their shortcoming. Right. I just I feel like turning the question back to my side, if 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 both of those teams are in the conference finals, at the finals think, <laughs> my bad. I don't even think I really answered. It, it hurts my heart again to say, but just just because I don't want to sound like, yeah, you know, yeah, he's only agreeing. No, I think I would go Boston. Boston. I, I'll, I'll say that. It, I think it would go kind of long, but I'm gonna say Boston in. I'm gonna say at least six. I'm I'm gonna go Bucks. I'd go Bucks in seven. Okay, mainly does it, because does, does yeah. home court matter? Does home court matter in that? 
Um, no, I feel I like I feel like it would go to seven, and then like you know, Dame would like hit a shot and and put put the Bucks in the finals. Is Drew gonna let him do that? It'll 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 be over. <laughs> it'll it'll be over Drew for the for the win, bro. I oh my goodness, that'd be the ultimate redemption. But you know, the only the only satisfaction <laughs> in me would be that he's doing that to Boston. But proceed. Yeah. So that being said, we're gonna go from one part of the country to another, and this this will be the last team involved in the group. So uh, we got Phoenix, and Phoenix they go out, they get Yusuf Nurkic, uh, they get Grayson Allen. Uh, Nasir Little, Keon Johnson in this deal. Now, that's just part of what they've been able to do. They've they've added some some veteran guys. They added some intriguing role players. But you know, ultimately, you got Phoenix. They got Frank Vogel as the new head coach. Uh, right now, I mean, if you're looking at the five, they signed Eric Gordon in the offseason, Signed you to Watanabe. Um. You know they they they're they're kind of in a in a weird spot. I mean they 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 got Bowl Bowl who they took a flyer <laughs> on. Um, they still have Josh Okogie, Damian Lee. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at their five, I mean you're looking at Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. They traded for Bradley Beal. They got Nurkic and now Eric Gordon. Like that's your five right now. So, you know, looking at that trade, man, like, you know. When you come to Phoenix, I mean, I, I have my questions, but James, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it to you first. Like with Phoenix and the moves they made, getting Nurkic, getting Brad Beal now, adding some pieces to the bench. Like, what what's your outlook for Phoenix? That's a team that's looking to you know make the next step in the West. A lot of a lot of the team is so fresh. I think the biggest issues that we're gonna see when it comes to Phoenix are chemistry, depth, and who the hell is your point guard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Like your your big three are three guys that we know are damn good at putting the ball in that basket. But who's bringing the ball up the floor every night? Is it going to switch out? What's going to happen? Like, what are they? Are they all seeing the floor? All like, I, there there's so many questions that that goes into this Phoenix situation. And to me, again, that's going to be the only problem is figuring out. Because you you also have to understand that being the ball handler on a team is an added duty that's added stress, and eventually that can diminish minutes as well. Because if you're that guy that's going to be tasked with that, you're not going to be out there for 45, 47 minutes a night. You're going to have to cut back on that to be able to do your job. Do you take those minutes from Devin Booker? Do you take them from Bradley Beal? You're definitely not going to do that to Kevin Durant. So who who's it going to be that that's where that that's where the questions have to start. Who's going to be your point guard? Who's going to be making those point guard decisions on your team? Right. And and my question with that, and that was the first thing I thought when they traded for Brad Beal is once Chris Paul was gone, my thought Mm -hmm. was, okay, who's the point guard now? Mm -hmm. Now, the thing the thing that makes this intriguing, but also kind of like sketchy for Phoenix is both Beal and and Book, both guys have experience kind of being that lead guard role. The problem is when both of those guys played that role, like primarily for like an extended stretch of a season, they they were freaking terrible. Both of them were. <laughs> Phoenix was winning like seven between 17 and 20 games. 
Mm-hmm. Washington was as irrelevant as they could ever be. So it's like, and 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 it's crazy because both those guys still scored a lot of points and their teams weren't going anywhere. So now if I had to sit there and look at that five I mentioned, KD, Booker, Beal, Nurkic, Gordon, if I had to look at that group and say, okay, who's the point guard? Mm. I think it has to be Devin Booker. I think yeah. because he he's kind of I mean, he's outside of Kevin Durant, he's their best player. I right. mean, he's oh definitely. I think he's the one that has the the best two-way potential as far as being able to defend while also being a, a great scorer. I feel like, you know, him having Brad Beal there is gonna allow him to sacrifice some where he doesn't have to he doesn't have to get 30 every night. Right. Beal could be there to, to fill that in. He could get 30. Kevin Durant can still get, you know, 25 in his sleep. So it's like I feel like Book and Beal can kind of handle that that job. It's just going to be a matter of, you know, how well does that work given that none of those guys are natural point guards. Now, mm-hmm. um, another mm-hmm. question is, you know, obviously we know about Booker. He's 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 a much improved defender the last couple of years, right? Brad Beal's had that reputation, but I mean, being in Washington, he hadn't had to guard anybody for a while now. <laughs> well, so no, then it becomes nobody did. Right. Nobody did. So, you know, then you have to ask yourself, okay, who plays the defense for them? I mean, they have some personnel, uh, Damian Lee, Josh Akogi, like Grayson Allen can be dirty. Um, (laughs) Hey, we're going to, we're going to give him another chance. We'll say gritty. We'll, 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 we'll try to give him. you know, man, you tripping anyway. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, but, uh, you know, like you, you just got to ask yourself. You know, mm. if if y'all like that, you got a comment tripping down below on YouTube. Put that in the comment section. Yeah, you you almost made me cough. It felt like you stomped on my chest or something. <laughs> Damn, bro. Uh, but anyway, I won't talk about Ted Cruz. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, just sitting there looking at it, man, it's like it's like defensively, it's like okay, Grayson Allen. You know, all jokes aside, I mean, he's a guy that can you know, hit some shots, play some defense. Yuta Watanabe showed <laughs> what he easy. could do kind of as a three and D kind of guy, you know, at six foot nine. So I think him, him kind of stepping in at that three, four spot off the bench might give them some wing depth. But again, these are guys that have kind of went around. I mean, Watanabe kind of broke out with Brooklyn last year as a three point shooter, mm-hmm. you know, showed he could be fearless and and try to, you know, be kind of a shot blocker rim protector guy at six, nine, but I mean, everybody else is, I mean, Okogi kind of like him a little bit as a wing defender, but it's like a lot of these guys, you know, they, they were on bad teams, you know, Damian right. Lee could do something, but I mean, he was, he kind of got his time when golden state was bad for that year. Bowl and, Bowl and definitely took advantage of it. And bowl bowl is the ultimate kind of, I won't say like cheat code. He's definitely like the biggest question mark because it's like, there's a reason that he didn't play in Denver. There's a reason that when he went to these other other places, he was just kind of tantalizing and never did anything. For one, low motor, doesn't doesn't compete very hard. Like he just kind of, he only plays kind of one end. He just kind of, you know, kind of coasts his way through games. I feel mm-hmm. like he's got to play with a little more energy and 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 purpose if he's on the court. I just feel like that's the only way he's going to see real minutes in the NBA. 
And hopefully, and and hopefully, this is the situation that does it. Because remember, we talked about that over the summer, and uh, and then we started seeing him, you know, like over the summer, just seeing things that he was doing. And remember the remark I made. I was like, I I feel like on one hand, it definitely is. You know, the the players got to show that they want it. They've got to show that they deserve to be here. And I feel like he's not the only one. I think a lot of times, if you're just in a situation where it's just not working for you, eventually that desire dies. And and in in Bo Bowl's case, it was unfortunate because we saw it so early. But even another example in Orlando, I feel like before he got traded, we saw the exact same thing with Aaron Gordon. Right. I and and then Aaron Gordon went to a better situation. You know, he got around players where he felt like he fit better, and look what he's doing now. Right. So I, I think I think that's a big part of it. And that's not that's not to take the responsibility off the player. But I think that I, I think it has to be, you know, a symbiotic thing. Ooh, science word. It, it has to it has to be, you know, they, they have to work together on it. Like it, it's also it's also the coach's responsibility to to get these players going, because at the end of the day, they might not feel it every day. So come in here and motivate me, make me want to do it. You know, it, it's not all on the coach. It's not all on bowl. But, you know, you you are going to have to show that effort. Phoenix is another opportunity, and it very well could be the last one for him to prove that he has something to give and that he's ready to give it. Yeah, and I mean, it. it and and you're right. I mean, you, you're looking at a guy with bowl bowl. I mean, 7'2", can handle a bit, shoot the ball. He's got the bowl bloodline, you know, so he can, you know, he he's got – He's got the shot blocking. He's got the length and that kind of stuff from his dad, who was one of the tallest <laughs> players ever. Right. So it's like, I think you got to think about the coaches he's played for. He played for Mike Malone, couldn't get off the bench. Mm-hmm. You go to Orlando, what, Steve Clifford? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, and these are offensive minded coaches. Right. And he's an offensive minded player and couldn't get off the bench. Mm-hmm. Now you go with Frank Vogel. Who who's a championship coach and who who's a defensive oriented guy? If if he can get Bowl Bowl to buy in defensively and to play hard every night, they might they might have won that sweepstakes off off a off a, off a scratch off <laughs> because like he's got he's got all the talent. He just has to get he just has to get the fire and the passion for it, you know. Because there's a lot of guys in the league that that are kind of like that, like they have a lot of offensive ability and they want to play the way they want to play. And if they can't play the way they want to play, then they're not invested, you know, shout out to Christian Wood, but (laughs) um, you know, like C Wood, but man, like, you know, you, you gotta be more about like the team than like your own shots and your minutes. But anyway, like, yeah, you know, I got a couple more questions with Phoenix. I mean, like, making the move, getting rid of DeAndre Ayton, moving off your number one overall pick hmm. from from that draft. Which that that right there is another prime example. Not to put not to put him in bowl on the same level. I'm interested to see how how Ayton looks. And I mentioned this earlier. I'm interested to see how he looks now that he's in another city with an opportunity to play for somebody else, you know, play in a different city, play with different guys. That's clearly going to shift his responsibility. So right. let's see what that turns into for him. Right. And and I'm I'm interested in you know them bringing in Yusuf Nurkic. Like you know, he's got to be the starter at that point, you know, as your five man. So 
you know, how does he fit in within that system and the other guys that are, you know, very much offense first. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, we started to see a little bit of, you know, what he could do when he was in Portland, as far as he kind of became, if I had to think about a player that kind of played a similar style, he was kind of in a Andrew Bogut kind of role with Portland mm-hmm. kind of toward the end where he was kind of this offensive hub where it was like, get me the ball at the elbow and let me kind of do some playmaking from the elbow. Mm-hmm. Like he so- could, you know, shoot a little bit and do that kind of stuff. Yeah, super, super random. I just double checked it because something wasn't sitting right. Bowl was actually in Orlando just from 22 to 23. So he was actually there under Mosley. Mosley. So, yeah. Yeah. Like Clifford had left. Clifford left the year before he got there. Right. And that's another guy that, you know, Mosley, another young coach with some potential. But it's like you're also mm-hmm. on a team where it's like, OK, <clears throat> Orlando's. Yeah. Orlando's in one of those spots right now where it's like, you know, for the lack of a better word, it's like, you know, shit or get off the pot. Like, how long are you going to be bad? You know, (laughs) yeah, it's true. It's like, how long how long are you going to be that team that has like every 611 player in the league? That can do all these different things and then we don't have anything other than, oh, wow, they're fun. How many games they win? Twenty three. (laughs) Oh, like how long are we how long are we going (laughs) to? you know, sit here and, and, and deal with that, you know? Right. So it's, so to me, you know, it's, it's, you know, when I look at Phoenix, it's like, okay, you got plenty of veterans in that starting five, got some guys, you know, got some young guys with some potential, mm-hmm. but you also have some, a big question mark in bowl bowl. That I feel like he's going to have to play some real minutes. And yeah. if he, if he shows that he's not a guy that you can rely on for 22 minutes a night, then Phoenix might be screwed. Cause you're going to need, you're going to need that big man play as you get deeper in the season and Nurkic. I mean, there's no guarantee he's going to be healthy because he's got a history of, of injury. You know, we got to see how he fits in with that group. Kevin Durant is going to probably miss 15, 20 games. Right. You know, last year they had, they had, wasn't it last year when, when book got hurt for a while? Yeah. Yeah. So he was hurt. Uh, Brad Beal's not the, not a picture of health either. <laughs> so this could go either really well for them or really poorly. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it all co- just kind of come down to health and how the pieces fit. But I think, I, you know, the question now, you know, is with Phoenix, like, where does this move, you know, cause everybody thought them getting KD was, was like, you know, going to shake the world up and it didn't really do much, but, you know, you looking talk, at you, you want to talk something random. Um, <clears throat> well, so we're still, we're talking about Frank Vogel coming in as the head coach, which I think tons of potential there. Of course, you know, I'm biased, you know, shout, shout out to shout out to that quote unquote, you know, irrelevant bubble championship. All of y'all can kick rocks. But um, did you realize Mont- so Monty Williams left Phoenix with a 628 win percentage, right? Mm-hmm. The last coach to leave Phoenix with a win percentage over 600, it should be pretty obvious. Over 600? The last coach to leave their tenure in Phoenix with a win percentage over 600. Mike D'Antoni? Mike D'Antoni in 2008. Okay. Since then, they have gone through Terry Porter, Alvin Gentry, Lindsey Hunter, Jeff Hornacek, Earl Watson, Jay Triano, 
and Igor Kokoshkov, bro. <laughs> and the best win percentage out of all of those was Terry Porter, who couldn't even crack 55. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, you know, uh, Matt Ishbia actually takes this to another level because this oh, is what? also like his full, his first, what, full season owning the team. Now he's made it very clear he ain't afraid to pay for it. Right. Right. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's it, Phoenix. You know, if you look at like where does this move push them in the West, I still don't think, I still don't think they're as good as Denver. No, oh, no. Um, I still don't. Given the chemistry issues, they're just not deep enough. Right, and I don't, they're... I don't know if they're better than LA. So mm-hmm. I, I think, I think they're probably like third, third, fourth in the West right now. Because I mean, you got to think, okay, well, the Clippers might be there, but some of their players might not. Um. <laughs> So it's like you you just don't know with them. So it's it's it, I think it's Denver. I think it's it's LA. I think it could possibly be like Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then you get to like the Dallas's and and those teams. Mm-hmm. Memphis, got to got to throw Memphis in there as well. So Yeah. Um and Memphis might be, you know, they might be right around you know where they may they'll, they'll probably drop down a little bit. I, they're they're definitely going to drop down a little bit because last year they were what second was yeah, that last so, yeah yeah they're, and they're gonna and, they're gonna drop. Right. A lot of new pieces, a lot of you know some important parts left. They're they're gonna drop. Right. So you know, with that being said, man, um, first episode season two. Uh, if you made it this far, we want to thank you for making JWJ a part of your day. Uh, if you're not already, make sure you follow us, like, and subscribe. If you're on YouTube, give us a like, you know, give us that thumbs up. We need that. Um, Make sure you subscribe, hit that notification bell to be notified whenever we put out a new episode. Uh, As far as podcast only, we can be found on almost every platform. We're on Anchor, we're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can find us personally on Instagram uh, and Facebook and Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know you can find us we can find us on all those at the jwj podcast Uh, if you'd like to follow us individually you can find me on instagram at it's a thomas thing you can find james at title towns mayor uh also um we we started talking about this last last season but if you have any questions or would like to weigh in on our conversation shoot us an email at the jwj podcast at gmail.com for a chance to be included in a future episode so with that being said thank you guys again for making jwj part of your day We're glad to get season two off, and uh, we look forward to the season. James, what do you think of this first episode, man? Oh, man, picking right up where we left off, man. Look, once they find out what the acronym means, uh, which we'll get to that, but um, they'll understand that shoot or shoot. Um, It's like riding a bike. Once you you get the stroke, it doesn't leave you. So (laughs) um, I'm excited. I mean, this is this is a good time again. I know we've been talking about getting back on it for a while, and I'm just I'm glad we finally have the chance to make it happen. I mean, I'm glad you're settled in. Everything's, you know, going well. The job's off to a good start, and we have the time to do it. Yeah, it's a blessing. So it's, it's good to do it again. It's good to talk to you. It's just good to be here, bro. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to J-J-J-J-W-J. Thank you.